Welcome to the podcast, the special event studio, COVID Conversations. My name is Scott North. I am the sales manager for TO Live. TO Live manages the three City of Toronto theatres, Meridian Hall in the St. Lawrence Centre downtown and Meridian Arts Centre uptown. My responsibility is to get private, non-ticketed special events into all three venues. We were about to launch the special event studio podcast when COVID-19 hit. Because we are now living in a different world, we want to get some perspective from my colleagues in the event industry and how they are managing. Welcome to the podcast, the special event studio, COVID Conversations. Hey, Will, how you doing? Uh, doing great, Scott. We are going into episode 13. Can you believe it? That's gone pretty quick. Yeah, it's uh, time's flown by. And uh, here we are. I guess we can never say we're in the middle. We have no idea where we are in this long pandemic COVID thing. But uh, uh, hey, sports are back. Yeah, hockey and basketball. Yeah. Well, and baseball too, I guess. <laughs> well, I can understand why you, you would say that <laughs> baseball's not back. Um, I, it's, I'm, I'm pretty impressed by the NHL and the job that they've done specifically in uh, Toronto and Edmonton with the bubbles. Uh, they seem to kind of have the best plan going right now. Yeah, yeah. And I, I've seen a lot of back and forth between the hockey players and the, the basketball players about, you know, who's getting what in their respective bubbles in Edmonton and Toronto for hockey and, and Florida for basketball. And you know, the quality of the food and all that. It's its funny to see just how stark it is, how the difference is. That, that does amaze me. Like, it's not that basketball doesn't have any money and they certainly have less players. Right. And like, but I, sorry. they're all professional athletes, right? They, You got to be feeding them well. <laughs> they need Absolutely. a proper meal. They don't need a, 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 you know, a pretty mediocre box lunch to start their, you know, training day off or they're played their game day off they need a proper meal and Definitely. they're getting like what looks like to be a, a sandwich and a salad it's like okay it's, it's really that's kind of shocking but anyway let's let's get into this uh episode 13 our guest today is the vice president of the butler did it john soden welcome to the podcast thank you very much thank you for having me scott great great to have you now John, I, I told you before we got on here, our producer Will's on with us just to make sure we're good technically, but a, a, an interesting story for you. Uh, Will, um, Will, I don't know, what have you been with us for a couple of years? Uh, just over a year now, I think. Just just over a year. And we we're just before you got on, Will was telling me, you know, when I first started and I'd be in there with all the event managers and I kept hearing the butler and uh, the butler this and the butler that, and you know, so I, he goes, it took me a long time to figure out it was the Butler did it and what, what that was. So John, can you tell us what is the Butler did it? Sure. Sure. Well, we, uh, we've been lucky enough to be in this industry for 30 years now, uh, providing catering and event staffing to various venues, caterers, special events that happen throughout our city. And, uh, we really are the supplement team for any, any large format event that, uh, happens in the city. Gotcha. And uh, just so everybody knows, I, I do know the butler did it very much. Uh, been working with, with John for the last 10 years. So, John, and as we've, uh, you know, we're in pandemic, uh, but tell us, you know, prior to mid-March, uh, you, you, you are throughout the city, like, like 
is that that's crazy. I, I I know that, but like what you got, you're at venues, you're all over the place, you're doing personal stuff. Tell us a little bit about what the, the level of business prior to middle of March. Uh, sure. So you can imagine after 30 years, we've built some very strong relationships. Uh, we um, have great venue relationships throughout the city, uh, venues like the Royal Ontario Museum, um, the Art Gallery of Ontario, uh, the Canadian Opera Company, um, you know, all, all sorts of different venues and, and various caterers throughout the city. Um, the year before in 2019, um, we did just under 7,000 events for the year. So wow. on any given day, uh, we, we can have up to uh, a couple hundred people out working different events throughout the city. Awesome. And, and you got, you'd say, if there's something going on in the city, because I, I have experienced this, so you have a stable of staff. When, when, like what happens when it gets, if there is, uh, you know, a couple different things going on in the city, you got people going all over the city. How, like, do you ever run out of staff? Oh, we do. So we, we established uh, a long time ago uh, a sort of philosophy that if we can't do it right, we're not going to do it. So we work on capacities and the capacity is, is really driven by the types of events, the timing of the events, um, how they sort of overlap with events uh, previously and prior. So we really do a lot of analytics about what we can what we can take. Uh, you know, on some days we can get, you know, near 300 people out. On other days, we can barely get 180 out. Okay. Again, it really depends on the, the makeup of the events and, and how frequent they are. Uh, if it's a, a long event, as far as it's a, a week-long event, that obviously takes a, a bit of a toll on, on the capacity. So it's something that's analyzed uh, on a daily basis. And, and then so us at Meridian Hall, we have the annual CTV Upfront uh, first Thursday in June. You would always uh, kind of anticipate that and you'd, you'd make sure that some staff were set aside for us? For sure. So having the long-term relationships, uh, there's a lot of benefits that get built in. You get a, a sense of the business cycle of your clients. Uh, we build rapport. Uh, we do forecasting uh, with all our, our large format clients to see what they have coming up. We'll put in what's called a hold order. So we know approximately what someone needs based on the historical data. And we'll sort of have that key group put aside for them. And then as the day gets a little busier, we'll start to shut down to any new orders. Gotcha. Gotcha. So all that you got, you, I know the business is crazy all over the city. How did this unfold for you? You, you know, you are so wrapped up in events and, and, and a key integral part of all the events. How did it happen? Like how, how did, you know, how did you find out, like, were you following this, uh, your staff shut down mid-March kind of thing? Sure. So we, we started sort of seeing signs of this, um, you know, I'd say as early as February, you know, when you started to see the reports um, coming out of China and, and what was going on and getting a sense of what they were dealing with, it, it certainly became clear that, you know, there was the potential uh, for this to grow beyond. Then as we sort of came into March, uh, we started to get a lot of sort of more relevant information around our clients and some of the things that they were hearing from their clients. And we started to get cancellations. It started off as a bit of a slow trickle. And, and by the second week of March, it, it was it was just all we were doing. We, we were just canceling orders. 
So we really so kind of knew that things had changed. Uh, we started to build a five phase plan. Uh, we never even got into phase two and we went simply from phase one to phase five. It just happened that fast. Okay, so you did. You had some opportunity to, you saw it coming. If, if people were, they were canceling before, like, I mean, the big thing that sticks out in my head was when the NHL canceled or the NBA canceled, sorry. The first, sure. and, and I'm like, we're, we're, that's, we're done. Like it's, so you, you knew, you anticipated this far before that. We did. We, you, you just had a sense that there was the potential again for this to get um, much, much bigger than, than people were really thinking at the time. I think, you know, when I was thinking about March break as a t- traditional time for family trips and that sort of thing, and we had one planned and I started talking to my wife a couple of weeks before saying, you know, there's a good chance this year that I may not be able to take this March break trip because of all that's going on in the industry. And sure enough, you know, the week before I just called it as it was and, and canceled the trip. And it really, in hindsight, was was probably pretty smart because I think yeah. that was sort of what the first wave was built on was all the people traveling out and coming back. Yeah. Now, were, were, you, were you planning on going to the States? No, luckily not. Okay. Uh, we were, we were, we're skiers for March break, so we were off to the Eastern townships, but okay, it really, it wasn't possible to even relax and think about that with all of the effect that I saw happening to the business. The business was, you know, just basically getting stripped away um, as the weeks progressed uh, right up until we did the full hard shut based on really not being able to do events um, as soon as, you know, everyone got the clarity around what we were dealing with. So again, um, you know, we at TO Live, three venues, we got a, we got a fair amount of, event, of events going on, but like you times that for you, like by tens of venues you're you're wrapped up in so many events How, what was that like uh, it was it was pretty traumatizing uh you know the first two months were really difficult to really wrap your head around the severity of what had happened and the depth of the effect of what had happened it it was very clear that things had changed irreversibly uh for quite some time and as we sort of get through the this sort of pandemic a little more, we see clearly that things things have changed for the foreseeable future. So the the future of large format events is very much uncertain as as we speak. Definitely. Now, so obviously all of those staff that you place are, are shut down. How about the how about your internal folks that that, that run the show? Uh, able to yeah. keep anybody? No, we, we've unfortunately had to lay off everybody and we're busy in the middle of a restructuring because we can't, we can't come back with the same infrastructure for an industry that, you know, our, our best guess is that will be 10, maybe 20% of what it used to be. Oh, wow. That's, uh, that is, uh, hard news, is it not? Uh, it, very difficult. Um, it, it's It's been the hardest part, really, is to know that you've worked for 16 years, in my case, to build something, to see it disappear in a, in a couple of weeks, um, and, and really the future of it be so uncertain. Uh, you know, we've started doing events as of Monday. Um, we've sort of changed our format. Um, we've um, 
brought on a small group as part-time employees so that we can train them, provide them with PPE, and we can really stay strict to the guidelines because the clients at this stage are still trying to figure out what the parameters are of throwing an event. And it's so different and it's so restrictive that they're having a hard time digesting the fact that they can't do a lot of the things that they used to be able to do. Sure. Uh, 100%. Now, so, so Monday, you, you've done events this week, this past week, or, or this coming Monday. Is that what it is? We have. Yes, we did one Monday. We did a bat mitzvah. We've got uh, an event Friday night um, for just one person. And then we have um, uh, an engagement party on Monday um, with about five staff. Okay, so the, the, let's go with the bat mitzvah on Monday. Uh, so how many how many people do you send out for that? And is, is there food and beverage involved? Yeah, there's a huge food and beverage component as well as um, some some sort of very unique entertainment. Um, the way the host sort of put the party together was to put up a tent in the backyard. Um, they had three different parties. So they had a breakfast, lunch, and dinner with three different groups with time spaced in between to reset. Um, for the breakfast, it was a box breakfast, if you will. So everyone sat, was served a box breakfast. Um, similar thing for lunch and dinner. Um, and, you know, because it was a Batman, so it sort of fit um, what was going on and, and the crowd. Okay. But everything was socially distanced. Um, beverages were done as a mini bar on the table. So people were self-serve. It was only a soft bar. So um, it, it was well put together and, and well done. And it was great to see, you know, our industry partners out there, you know, sort of rising from the ashes, if you will. It's been a long long sort of stint with no events uh, definitely so nice to be back um, out on events definitely and, and it's and it's like a, of paramount importance that we all kind of we, we follow the guidelines and we work to be creative to do these these new uh new type events because if we don't we're going to be like our neighbors to the south of us you you just have to look around the world to see some of the mistakes that have been made and it's easy to get fatigue and it's easy to get complacent. Um, but the, the downside to that is just too much. The, the first round uh, was so destructive to our industry um, and, and so, so, so many people affected that we won't, we won't have the opportunity to get through a second round. Uh, so it's in our best interest to follow the guidelines, do what we can, and um, just think differently about doing events. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, John, for the, for the bat mitzvah outside in the tent, in the tent, is that considered indoors or outdoors? A tent, from what I understand, is considered outdoors if the flaps are up. Um, okay. If the flaps are down uh, on, I think, three sides, then it's considered indoors. So two sides open is outdoors. Three sides closed would become indoors. Okay. Okay, we understand that very clear guideline there. So now, as as we go forward, um, how do you see things happening? We, we do, I, I would I would venture a guess that there'd be a lot of these types of events that you're just explaining now. But the, what's uh, and and are you are you past phase five now? Yeah. So the the phase five plan was to 
basically do an emergency response. And the, and the last phase was basically delay everyone off and, and stop supplying services for a short period of time. So now okay. we're ramping back up and we're doing a, a phased approach there as well. And we're now in phase one of reopening. And it's really contingent on everything staying in phase three as far as the minister guidelines go. So as long as we stay there, uh, we anticipate having 25 to 50 employees uh, to service events that, um, you know, as soon as the winter hits, no larger than 50 people and following all the guidelines um, of not, you know, traditional style events. So you're not able to serve food and beverage to anyone standing. Basically, everything is served to the table. Social distancing is still in effect in your social bubbles. So working with partners that really, one, understand the guidelines, and, and number two, are, are willing to stay strong with clients around the guidelines is really where we're going to start. Uh, I okay. talked probably to you know, 20, 30 clients since phase three came in, and I think probably three or four orders have come from that. Uh, a lot of clients just can't accept the fact that they can't do a lot of the things that they used to. And it's really mostly in the private private um, market where, you know, somebody's wanting a 50th anniversary or an engagement, something of that sort. Sure. I mean, it's it stands to reason that as more people see these creative events being being put on and, and, and while successfully following the, the protocols that I'm certainly hoping that more and more of them start happening. Uh, you and me both. Yeah, of course, of course. So now your your staff, you 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 certainly uh, condensed your your stable of people that that you're placing. So you said training, and and they go into a, a scenario with their own PPE. So one of the decisions we made was to provide PPE uh, simply because we wanted to ensure that there was some consistency and we were able to train um, all of the employees around how to properly use it, how to properly change it. Uh, it really it really doesn't work very well if you're not handling it properly. So right. we just made the decision that we would provide PPE and have it on site for the employees. So it's really, it's, it is a multifaceted uh, process here where you have to tra train your employees. There's so many different factors involved in order to make it all work. It really is. And you need all of the partners on the same page with it, which, which is the hard part because everybody sort of has interpreted um, the guidelines, how they've interpreted them. Uh, I think they're fairly sure. clear. I, I, I mean, we've spent a, an extensive amount of time trying to understand them. But it, it, it really, when it comes down to that end user and, and you're sort of telling a bride that, you know, you can't, you can't have dancing at your wedding um, or you can't have a champagne toast where everybody, you know, is on the floor and cheers as a champagne and you can't have a bar where people walk up to it. You know, the more you sort of set out the parameters, it, it's, it's not everybody's cup of tea. So there's definitely a little bit of hesitation with clients still because they, they feel that, you know, they're paying more for less, if you will, but that's just the state that we're in at this point in time. Absolutely. So John, do you, do you think that there is a time in our future that we will go back to having full capacity live events? 
I, you know, I, I think the reality is that we have to figure it out for a few different reasons. Uh, I think the uh, mental well-being of human beings is reliant on us socializing and, and especially in groups that are like-minded. I also believe that we've got an infrastructure um, globally uh, within cities, uh, within transit, uh, within leisure travel, um, within you know the arts and entertainment that requires us to do it in, in sort of large format. That's the only way that it's financially viable. So all of these business formulas that have been built over the last hundred years are based on a, a large gathering scenario. So I do believe there's going to be a lot of energy put to sorting out how to get back to it because mm -hmm. the business formulas just don't work otherwise. Yeah, that's, so we will be back to it, but there's definitely, it's inevitable that there will, you know, we're probably never going to do things the same way. Do you agree? No, I, I think, yeah, there'll be definite changes uh, to how we do things, how we screen people coming into events, um, how we do registration, uh, how we feed people certainly is going to change dramatically. We've already seen that started. Um, how we provide food and beverage, uh, you know, as far as the service goes, absolutely will be changed. And I think it'll happen in increments. So right now, I think you have the, the biggest change. And I think as it opens up, a lot of things will stick because I think we're going to want to do best practice moving forward, uh, even as we come out of the other end of this, uh, for the mental um, confidence uh, of the guest. Uh, the absolutely. guest is going to be very leery of coming back until we sort of show them that things are safe. Absolutely. Well, John, I, I want to thank you for your time today. Uh, definitely good content, uh, different kind of business than, than we have talked to in 12 other uh, episodes. Uh, wish you all the best to you and your family. And I will look very forward to the time that I can see you once again down at Meridian Hall. Oh, same here. We cannot wait to... Uh be coming down there and on stage and throwing some events and seeing everyone and the energy that uh, we're so used to. Absolutely. Thanks, John. Okay. Be well. Thank you. While our doors are closed for the moment, we certainly still are working into the future. If you need anything, don't hesitate to shoot me an email at scott.north at tolive.com. That's S-C-O-T-T dot N-O-R-T-H at T-O-L-I-V-E dot com. Thank you very much for listening.